goodbye to restrictive weight loss methods and hello to iVeeam, the number one prescriber of GLP-1 medications. GLP-1s curb cravings, stabilize blood sugar, increase energy, and balance A1C levels to regulate your body and kickstart your weight loss journey. iVeeam is committed to making medical weight loss accessible, affordable, and customized because we believe that's how it should be. Sign up for free and get 20% off our accessibility programs. It's time to take control of the food noise, shed those cravings, and embrace a life of transformed health. Are you ready to experience the end bold difference? Evidence-based care from doctors who listen. Take control of your biology today and start your journey toward a healthier, happier you. Visit enbold.com to embark on your transformational journey with Enbold. Enbold, where real change begins. Welcome everybody. Hi. <laughs> get it, Kat. Get it. I love it. <laughs> Wait a minute. Whoa. I, I don't have any dances. I have like the this. That's about all I got. Okay. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Welcome, everybody, to the Plus Sides podcast. Welcome in. I'm sure you are not used to seeing my face. I've got some pretty big shoes to fill today. We are giving Kimmy the day off today. Kimmy, our fearless leader, she needs a break. And so she's got it today, Um, Mm y'all. So we have some fabulous content coming up. How is everybody doing today? How are you doing there, Miss Kat Carter? I'm standing because my back hurts, but now I feel better. We, well, we should we should do this on our lives. Cat can do cat can do a little butt dance. stuff on our lives. Oh gosh, <laughs> I'm working on that. Got some recorded today. Uh-oh. Awesome, I love Uh-oh. it. I love it, Miss Janine Trot. How are you doing today, sweetheart? Yes. Hi. Hi. Oh gosh. Hi, love bug. How? How? Gosh, darn these daggone braids. I'm sorry. I am well. How are you all? I feel like we just saw each other. Maybe. I know. <laughs> Listen, I don't think anybody really ever understands. I think that they think, I think everybody thinks we just sort of just show up for these things and that's it. This thing's a lot of work, guys. <laughs> like we it see is. each other every day. We yeah. talk every day, multiple times a day to keep this thing going like for everybody. Yeah. Exactly. We exactly. There has to be camaraderie <laughs> in the team. If there's not, it's <laughs> over. Yeah. Look. <laughs> for sure. Thank you, ship. Thank you, ship. <laughs> But we'll use use the airplane analogy. We can't have the aircraft going down. We just can't. (laughs) No. (laughs) We got to fly. So, Kat, do you have some interesting butt stuff planned for us? What what are we going to do this week? Are you going to do something on the Yeah, I've been working with my trainer, and she showed me some things. And so I'm going to try to recreate them at the house on a couch with some Awesome. So we're going to do like some... We're gonna do some modifications for people so they can do the do it at home. Yeah, or even at your desk. I did one like I did some of like way back in the day. I gotta redo them. Um, yeah. Sitting at your desk, just squeezing your cheeks, using the bands. <laughs> squeezing your cheeks. Let me just do it real quick. Okay. Okay. Wait a minute. Maybe maybe you know, that'll I'm help. standing right now. <laughs> Wait a minute. And I'm lifting my <laughs> hips or I'm lifting my legs. <laughs> I'm I, just I, like, I want, I love Wait it. a minute. Right. I'm in my Jane Fonda sweatshirt, right? So Ma's just That's hysterical. You know, I need some leg warmers <laughs> and some high top Reeboks. 
I used to love Jane Fonda and Denise Austin. I guess I'm really telling my yeah, age. Who is Denise Austin? You know what? Denise Austin is still around. And let she me tell is. You, she looks good. Well, hold that thought. Let me look while you guys. <laughs> I don't look. Hold, please. <laughs> See, I would. I came up during the time of what was that guy that did like the tie bow? Was his name Billy Blanks? Yeah. Was that his yeah, name? Yeah, yeah. I came up during the time of like Billy Blanks and tie bow was like the big thing. Like everybody wanted yeah, to do yeah, that. Like I, I feel like you're just Tybo like worked though. It yeah. what's that? Tybo worked. It, it did, but it was hard. Yeah. It was yeah, it's a, like, it was tough. There was no like beginner Tybo. Yeah. It was just you put your foot to the fire and started going. <laughs> Pretty much. I never got into kickboxing, but then I discovered Shalene Johnson that did um it was Turbo Fire, which was a kickboxing like it's the only kind of kickboxing I can do because it's fun. It's yeah, more I love her. I love her personality. I've never seen left I've, I've never seen her workout tapes. I started following her on Instagram because she started doing content about her ADHD and like how she manages yep. her life with mm -hmm. her ADHD. And I started following her through that. I actually found her because I followed her son, and then she did like did a duet with him wow. about ADHD. And anyway, I just went like on a whole spew of just just watching her all the time and then mm -hmm. i was like oh gosh she did the workout stuff this is amazing so then i dug up like some of her old videos she was fantastic she was so good I she her, still i have her, her old dvds they're old now but yeah when I, she was I like a, she was a beach body trainer right yeah i white knuckled yeah. 35 pounds off for my wedding doing turbo fire oh wow oh wow it was so fun i'll it be just, honest just, they were fun I, I starved myself to fit into my wedding dress. I was the cliche bride. <laughs> For sure. I tried to. Then had a stressful job. It was Halloween, candy. Yeah. So yeah. I would work out twice a day instead. Cat, that's a beautiful cup. Twice a day. Look at that beautiful cup. I love it. <laughs> if you guys don't already know, we have a coupon code for the cups. Definitely go check it out. It'll be down below. I guess 10. I was the wrong way. So cute. I there we go. It. I love it. So today we have uh, Dr. Antia with us. Um, we're going to talk to her about sugar and about diabetic control. Um, we've got lots of good questions for her coming up. Dr. Antia also gives a class called Blood Sugar Mastermind. Um, mm -hmm. I went, oh my oh, goodness. Wow. It's like just the intro to that class is super informative. I yeah. was blown away mm -hmm. just by she very simply just like breaks everything down so that you can understand it. So you can make yeah. sense of it, apply it to like your own life and your own body. It's really cool. Um, word on the street is we have a coupon code to join her class as well. So we'll touch base on that as well. Nice. Very cool. Um, and so we'll talk about that with her as well. So I'm going to invite her in. And of course, we've got some questions for her. And um, so we'll bring her in now. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. I'm so excited to be back. I love this Welcome. podcast and I love being with you guys. We love being here. We love you. having you. <laughs> we love having you. Absolutely. I'm sorry you got the sub host today. That's that's the only that's the only downfall. <laughs> I'm new to Please. this game. Right. No, no. 
Please. They're cute because um, she got the blazer on, everything. She's ready. I, I know, this, right? This a little sweater. You guys, this is a medium. This is a <gasps> medium. <laughs> yes. Love scale victory. <laughs> yes. I love have, girls. I have, victories. I have I not been it. in a medium since high school, guys. I graduated from high school over 20 years ago. Like, <laughs> it feels so good. It really does. For sure. I'm so um, happy for you for, for, for that. Thank you. That's great. I appreciate great. that. Great. Yeah. Thank you. So Dr. Rentia, so kind of, you know, you know our drill. You've been on our show so many times. Um, and of course, all of our loyal listeners and uh, have, have know all about you. Um, but if you could just give us a breakdown of sort of what you do and how you do it, how you take care of your people. We'd really like to hear about it. Yeah, thanks so much. So, so I'm Dr. Antia. I'm a board certified internal medicine and obesity medicine physician. And I really at this point exclusively work with weight management. So this goes beyond just helping people lose weight. That's usually a byproduct of the work we're doing, but it really, my clinic is called the Rentia Metabolic Clinic because it's working on metabolic health. So I always say it's never about shape shifting. It's about usually insulin resistance goes down, blood sugar comes down, you can get around easier. There are just a million things that improve potentially if weight is contributing to things for you. And a big passion point of mine is education because everyone can't be my patient, but I love doing different courses and programs that help patients to learn different things that they can easily apply. Cause I feel like it's really hard to find good information. That's not where you have to spend hours and hours or where you can easily apply it, or it's not intimidating or there. They don't use a scare tactic, you know, mm -hmm. um, like everything in the world is bad. You can't eat anything. It's just really hard. So a really big passion point of mine is blood sugar. So I finally decided this time, every so many months, I do a different course or program. And I said, this time it's going to be about blood sugar because it just, I don't know that anyone has come into my world. That's usually at some point not affected by it. It's just really that common. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was saying before you came in, I just going over kind of the class outline that you have, it's, it looks like everything is just so simply broken down. Cause like so many times, you know, diabetics and like, like for myself, I have PCOS and insulin resistance. It's hard to understand like the doctor vocabulary sometimes and sort of apply it right. and, you know, sort of translate it to make it make sense for us. Cause we're not in that world every day. So right. I think yeah. it's, I mean, it's amazing what you're doing. Just just sort of making it simple. The simpler, the better. I apply that to everything. <laughs> so the simpler, the better. Like what I explain to people, we don't actually, it, you know, if you've developed diabetes, that's fine. But we actually want to get to you before you ever get pre-diabetes. Like maybe you already know, like, for example, PCOS is something that's more associated with more insulin resistance and potential pre-diabetes and things developing. But you are more, I use the term metabolically flexible. It's easier for these things to reverse and work on before they've ever even occurred. So the, hopefully the things we're going to talk about today, it applies to everyone. Like there's usually not something that you're going to hear here where it's like, oh, that doesn't apply to me. Like these are like pretty universally known things that are helpful for everyone, no matter what stage you're at. Yeah. And no matter what, what maybe medical diagnosis you're, you're working with, even if you don't have any of those things, like prevention is the key. We've talked about that so many times on the podcast. Like where would we all be if there had been more prevention type medicine, you know, 15, yeah. 20 years ago, you know, where would we all just be sitting in a different position? You yeah. know? Um, so yeah, I just think it's so important. Just you're, I mean, you're totally right to just concentrate on the prevention of things. I wish that medicine would sort of get more of that gear, like, like you're, yeah, you're yeah. pointing to, right. Cause it would just help so many people. Um, we need to switch to a more preventative 
medicine model as opposed to waiting until you (laughs) develop type two diabetes like myself and Mm -hmm. trust and believe if like I could do anything to not have it, I would. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of people would, would as well. And I think it applies to more than just the obesity side of medica- medicine, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, couldn't we apply that to like cancers and things like that? But the truth is, mm-hmm. yeah, big bad pharma, right? They make a lot of money off medication, right? So anyway, yeah. well, we, won't, we won't, we won't jump down that <laughs> rabbit hole today. But anyway. It's time to take control of the food noise, shed those cravings and embrace a life of transformed health and bold, empowering you with the knowledge and support you need to achieve the lasting results you deserve. Are you ready to experience the end bold difference? Evidence-based care from doctors who listen. That's where Embold came in to, uh, once I lost the weight and felt empowered, I, I understood what was possible at that point and uh, from then on it was just an instant passion of like, okay, my sole purpose in life at this point is to figure out how do I help other people do the same thing. Take control of your biology today and start your journey toward a healthier, happier you. Visit Enbold.com to embark on your transformational journey with Enbold. Enbold, where real change begins. Say goodbye to restrictive weight loss methods and hello to Iveam, the number one prescriber of GLP-1 medications. GLP-1s curb cravings, stabilize blood sugar, increase energy, and balance A1C levels to regulate your body and kickstart your weight loss journey. Iveam is committed to making medical weight loss accessible, affordable, and customized because we believe that's how it should be. Sign up for free and get 20% off our accessibility. Um, so we did want to kind of ask, um, so, uh, so how much some, if they know that they have a problem with sugar, what would like the physical symptoms and general symptoms that they would see within their body? Like not just maybe like sugar addiction, like that would be somewhat easy to see, but like what, what physical signs in their body would show for like having a sugar type problem? Yeah. So there's so many things that we can look at, but I think let's break it down to two different things. First, there are like physical manifestations. So things we can see on the body. So I'm just going to go over like the two kind of ones that we think about the most. So the first thing, it gets a really fancy name in medicine. It's called acanthosis nigricans, but it's like a darkening pigmentation of the skin around the neck. It can be under the arms. It can be in the groin area, but that darkening, it almost looks like it's like dirty skin. Like you think, oh, I might need to Mm -hmm. wash that, right? And you can see this like in young kids, if they're starting to develop blood sugar problems, or again, like you can see this kind of all ages. So that's one thing we're going to look for. I worked with an endocrinologist back in the day and she would just come in the room. And this is when I was in medical school. She'd like look at everyone's neck. And I just remember it was, I was like, okay, so we already know before we've even looked at labs, right? So that's something that you can look at for yourself. Like, is my skin pigmentation different here compared to the rest of my body? And what's interesting is it might not entirely go away if you work on insulin resistance, but it might get lighter. So that's something that might change. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other thing is lots of skin tags. Now, skin tags can develop in areas where there's friction. 
So, right. So it, the, what we're looking for is many skin tags, right? And again, this can mm-hmm. aesthetically be removed by dermatology or primary care applied. If you suddenly get a lot of skin tags, there are different, you know, sort of disease states that we think about and insulin resistance, blood sugar problems is a big one. So those are just two of kind of like ones that I think of uh, top of mind, but then there are a lot of other symptoms. So if you really have like true diabetes, things like that, you might be extremely thirsty or extremely hungry. So one of the things that happens, we can only absorb so much blood sugar. And Mm -hmm. so when there's too much, you're going to pee out extra, like the kidneys can only take on so much. Mm -hmm. And with sugar, water comes to it. So you might be urinating constantly, and then you're having to Mm -hmm. drink all the time. Um, So those can happen. And then there's a lot of um, really non-specific things. So for example, you're hungry often. You have tons of urges and cravings. Like the biggest thing that I'll hear from someone that really has insulin resistance, I'm never satisfied. Like there's no off switch. Mm-hmm. And I'm so fascinated. Wow. Right? Yeah. Before they're on a GLP-1, right? Like you're just like, there's no off mm-hmm. switch. Um, mm-hmm. And urges and cravings is a big thing because you want to work on your health and you want to do these things, but you're like constantly wanting the next thing. So a lot it's of- It's like your brain won't let you. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's that. And then we go to some really non-specific things. So for example, like you're just tired all the time. And again, a lot of that's, it's secondary because you're dehydrated. It's secondary because you're sort of up and down on the sugar cravings and things like that. But if someone is generally tired all the time um, and just like like kind of brain fog, like they're just not feeling their best. That's one of the things I will always look for. Do we have a blood sugar problem that maybe has been like maybe they've been mildly pre-diabetic for all these years and no one ever knew. So that's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm thinking through. It's really diffuse. Also, if you're getting really rampant infections for no reason, a uh, red flag, like red yes. flag when, so yeast infections, right? Like yes. it can happen, right? But if you, let me like classic examples I see in the clinic 24 seven, um, huge yeast infections, right? And someone where I'm like, that makes absolutely no sense. So yeast infections or like under your arm, you're getting, uh, you're getting like big boils that are like, you know, seeping pus. And it's like, wait, why is that happening? Why is that not healing up on its own? You keep getting mm-hmm. in different places. So it's a lot, but it's because blood sugar loves to grow things. So yeah, yeah. So bacteria. So we went down a rabbit hole, but there's a lot that's involved. Wow. No, I and think that was great info. I, I, I relate totally to the switch thing. I talked about that when the very first time I came on the podcast with my live is that I never had that switch that said, you're full, stop eating. It was never there. Never until I went on Manjaro. I had been on Ozempic for a year and a half. Ozempic never even brought it along. But once I went on Manjaro, my brain was like, whoa, we're full. We can stop eating now. Wow. I never had you it really before. really feel so I, the switch? I like, felt it. Happened. Yes. Yes. I could feel it. Like it, it, uh, I was about two weeks in on Manjaro. And mm-hmm. I, at first I noticed, oh, I'm just eating a little bit less. And then finally my brain went, I actually sort of had like this epiphany. Like my brain was like, okay, you don't need any more. Oh, I'm full. And I could just put it down. Never had that before. So yeah, I think it's definitely getting the sugars in control, like especially with GLP therapy is like super key for somebody that's going through that. That's, that's amazing because Dr. Rentia, that's how I became diagnosed as having type two diabetes. I kept having all of a sudden reoccurring yeast infections. And and I went to my doctor and I'm like, what is going on? I'm not doing anything. Like, where is this coming from? <laughs> yeah. And, and then I also have the skin tags. I've had some removed 
by my dermatologist. And then also I was always going to the bathroom. Yeah. Constantly mm -hmm. going to the bathroom. It's like the water just went straight through me. Right. Mm hmm. Right. Yeah. It's like protective because you keep drinking because otherwise you get massively dehydrated. Like if somebody gets really out of it, that's older and they're not in the liquid, but let's say their blood sugar is high, then, then they might end up in the hospital because they get dehydrated. They just mm -hmm. they can't take in the, the amount that they're losing. Right. Right. Yeah. They can't what, take what in enough water difference? to sort of keep up. What is the difference? Like, um, say I, I'm thirsty all the time because I, I feel like I'm used to it. Like, I'm so used to yeah. drinking water in mass quantities. What would you say for people who maybe might be panicking right now? Like, oh my God, do I have this? Yeah. Maybe so I'm I, just just a very thirsty person. <laughs> what's, what's, what's the what, big difference? What I've heard patients tell me it's it's liters and liters of water. Like I'm talking it's oh. a gallon or two, and they still want more. I mean, it's it's a huge mm -hmm. amount, and so it's like there is no amount where they feel okay. It's almost like it's just a bottomless okay. pit. So of just course you're always going to talk to your doctor. If you think this is a problem, like there are other things that, that can be happening yeah. besides what we're talking about. But yeah. just again, mm -hmm. if you're like, I'm getting sick a lot and I'm this and I'm that, like, frankly, if your blood sugar hasn't been checked in the past year, it's a really good place to start. Like, I think most people, if you have a weight struggle, you should know what your blood sugar has been in the past year. A fasting mm -hmm. sugar is not enough. It needs to be a hemoglobin A1C, which is a three month average number. That is a number that you should, should pretty much know, I think. Okay. And I think that's a really good segue to ask too, like, what are the, like, if somebody thinks that they have a sugar problem or like an obesity or glucose related problem, what are like, what are like the, the, the top labs that they really should be looking to do? Like, obviously yeah. their doctor is going to make those decisions, but like, what are like, give us like, I don't know, a top five of like the labs they really should be interested in. I, I definitely did a whole podcast episode on this because I was like, people don't yeah. know. Now, what I'm going to say to me sounds like really basic labs, but they're not because 95% mm -hmm. of the patients that come in my world do not have all these checked, right? So mm -hmm. I'm going to rattle off a list here. But again, um, if you, uh, my podcast is called The Obesity Guide with Matera and Tia MD. I literally have an episode. It's like labs that are important in weight management. So I have it. Perfect. I out all of it. Um, but it's okay. So number one, we want a CBC. That's a complete blood count. So we want to make sure you're not anemic or anything else. The other thing, um, a CMP, a complete metabolic panel. The reason being there's going to be kidney and liver function there. So liver function can often be off. And we want to know about that because that means that fatty liver has developed. That's like a red flag. We've, we've got to work on that. The other thing that happens is people assume that because they're overweight and they think they're overeating, that there's going to be mo no malnutrition. That's actually highly incorrect. So a mm -hmm. lot of people actually are very deficient in different things. So you might be anemic, the kidney function might be off because with weight that can be affected, the liver function might be off. The more we know, the more, um, the more that, that we can help. So those two. And then um, a fasting lipid panel. So let's know what the cholesterol is doing. A lot of these mm -hmm. things are related. You know, we've talked a bunch about sugar. If your sugar is mm -hmm. off, your cholesterol is going to be off. And so mm -hmm. people end up thinking, oh, I have all these different things. No, if we work on insulin resistance, if we work on kind of the roots of the tree, then all these other things are going to get better. Um, so that would help us out there. And then the last few, um, um, a blood sugar. So a hemoglobin A1C, that's a three-month average blood sugar number. Pre-diabetes is 5.7 to 6.4. Diabetes is 6.5 and above. And then um, last one I say is just a B12 and vitamin D. Again, we want to know if there's a B12 deficiency, vitamin D. Most people are deficient, but also, again, body surface size, if you're overweight, you're not usually absorbing as, I'm like, you're not getting as much from the sun. 
things like that. And so that, if you get those labs done, you're doing pretty darn good. You'll know a lot of stuff that's going on. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. And, see, and see, so like, so like you're saying, like a lot of these seem super basic to you, but it's because you're, mm -hmm. you're just so in depth with everybody, but no, nobody's getting these done with their primary care provider, unless they're like saying like, look doc, something's wrong. Right. right. Um, so I, I just had a patient today. And one of the things, you know, we're, we're going to start a GLP one medication because there are a lot of other indications, but she went back and looked in her lab. She's in the portal as she's talking to me. Right. Only mm -hmm. what's been done, the CBC, the complete blood count and the basic metabolic panel, nothing like there's a random fasting sugar, but you can often outfast that. So the three month number is really going to tell you what's going on. So again, I said, we need a baseline because we don't want to miss something that then we're treating and we can't go back. That's the problem. There's not a good way to do that. Yeah. How important would you say, like if, if somebody had those types of labs done and then maybe they're not, they how important is it maybe for them to try to seek like a specialist over like maybe a primary care provider that, you know, because a primary care provider's job is sort of, in my opinion, just sort of to get you through the day by day, like when you have a cold or you have a whatever, but like a specialist job is really just to dig really, really deep. So yeah. like how important do you think it is for them to sort of seek out the, a specialist in that, like in your area? Like the problem is that it's really dependent on the primary care doctor's skill level. So there mm -hmm. are plenty of primary care doctors that now this is very bread and butter to manage this. The, the mm -hmm. caveat being it's not writing the medication or getting you started or doing labs. It's they usually don't have time for like the consistent follow-up that's needed or when different things occur, like um, a lot of my patients have had bariatric surgery in the past, or there's scenarios where the primary care doctor just they don't know about scheduled eating. They don't know about um, protein goals. Like there's just things that like, they just don't have the time, even if they had all of that built out. And so I think they're a really good starting place. Are you, you might be a really simple case. There's lots of people mm -hmm. where it's so straightforward. There's like very yeah. little going on. Amazing. High five. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. that's not all of us. So if you're that case, great. But if not, and they say, I'd like to refer you on, just take it as a sign of they want you to get really good help. So I wouldn't view it yeah. as a bad thing if they want you to see someone else. Right. Yeah. yeah. Good, good point. Good point. Yeah. Like, um, I have a family member who he sees, um, he sees his primary care doctor and his primary care doctor writes his Manjaro and his primary care doctor is great about following up. For me, that wasn't the case. I needed a specialist. I needed a specialist to dig deeper because I'm not a type two diabetic. It's not easy for me. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I've seen so many cases where people just have had just a real rough go of it with their primary care provider. And I say, look, just don't, don't be scared. Go see a specialist. That's what they're there for. That's yeah. That's you their job. need a second opinion. I mean, even within the weight space, we're just so different, everybody, the way in which we approach it. And it's interesting. I don't sit there saying, oh, my approach is better than someone else's. There mm -hmm. are patients that are going to love what I'm doing. And then there are people that are going to say, I don't, I want to 100% count calories and I want to do this and I want to do that. Amazing. Like there's someone for everyone. You keep going until you find it. Trust me, it exists nowadays. Whatever yeah, approach it is, point. you can find it. Yeah, it's there's somebody for everybody exist because my primary care wrote and has been treating me for 20 years. She diagnosed me with type two diabetes and wrote my initial prescription for Mount, for Mount Jaro, did my prior authorization, everything. However, it's just like you said, Dr. Rentia, there are not many PCPs out there because so many doctors have a specialty now and 
that's not a bad thing. It's just that they're spread so thin. So my telehealth exactly. provider uh, has a stipulation that if you're going to be on a GLP-1, mm -hmm. I need to see you every four weeks. And mm -hmm. I'm so glad that that happens because just in my little humble opinion, and I think we had even talked about this, you know, offline, I think that if you are on a GLP-1, you need to at least touch base with your provider every four to six weeks, because sure. it's like this, you know, the like medication and your, the way your body metabolizes and all of that just seems to be so fluid. Yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. you know what, what I also experience with patients and you guys tell me from your perspective, and I'm a patient too, right? Like we're all, we're all patients. Mm -hmm. It's right. like, you're, you're good. You're good. You're good. And then shit, it's a fan. And it's right. like, mm -hmm. you know the person because they'll be like, Hey, I'm vomiting or this or that's happening. And like, that's not the time when you want to find out that it's a week or two wait to hear back. Like you, you want them to know what you're on, to know what's going on, to just right. to be mm -hmm. in there with you or to, to right. know like what your plateau sort of flavor is and how to help you past it. So there, there's some skill and art to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Right. Um, yeah. Th these GLPs are just the type of medication where like when it goes bad, it goes south, like super fast. And you're just like, Oh, um, how do I handle this? How do I deal with it? And I try yeah. to tell people like, deal with, try at least dealing with it the way you would have dealt with it before you were on a GLP, right? Like we all know mm -hmm. how to deal with nausea, vomiting, upset stomach, mm -hmm. like try that. And if it doesn't yeah. work, talk to your doctor, right? Get with right. your doctor. That's their job. <laughs> like, talk to your doctor is what I want to stress because some people won't yeah. know to hold the next dose or kind of what's going on. So there can be some ways that your body responds differently when you're on the medicine. And yeah. I'm like, it just can't hurt to let your doctor know. Let your doctor know everybody. Like we want to hear from you. We really do. Well, and we're in the age of like everything's so easy and it's at your fingertips. Like I think almost every doctor, any of the doctors I have right now, they all have a portal. They all have a way for you to get a message like directly to them. They're going to answer you within maybe a wait, few wait. hours. I mean, if you're, you're messaging them at two in the morning, you're probably not going to get one till 10 the next day, you know, that, that I don't think day. So. But, but, but at any rate, you know, at every it's easy to communicate. It's not like you're calling your doctor and you're Hey, uh, secretary, Jen, I really need to talk to Dr. Rentia today. You're not, you're not struggling to get in touch. I don't feel like anymore. There are probably very few and far between doctors that you're struggling to communicate with. It's easy. You just have to seek it out, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, yeah, we're definitely um, going away from the old school way of, you know, waiting months to see or year. Yeah, sometimes it used to be a year for me. Sometimes uh, it used yeah. to be once. Yeah. I, back in back yeah. in the day, my OBGYN, I never got an appointment that was like any less than like three months out. Back, uh, yeah. back in the day. Um, it's not like that now. You know, if I yeah. have something going on and I, you know, I can communicate, I'm 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 in there. My endocrinologist loves me, which I use to my advantage all the time. <laughs> like I'm like, hey, well, you, you doctors have to use that, you know. Yeah. I I mean, because you like have to be at the top of the food chain of your doctor's practice. So when they see your name, oh, mm -hmm. let me see him or her, you know, mm -hmm. immediately. I'm not just oh. calling because, oh, my, you know, my fingernail broken at right. skin, yeah. you know? Right. Right. <sighs> exactly. Um, so Dr. Antia, we do we want to touch on to when you're sort of trying to balance your blood sugar, like the importance of that, like you've already sort of talked about like how the blood sugar sort of affects every other system mm -hmm. basically in your body. So like in the, in the grand scheme of like your overall health, how important is it 
for your blood sugar to be, you know, it's obviously not going to be in complete check all the time, but at least in somewhat balanced that homeostasis type environment. Yeah. I, one thing I want to stress is this. If, if you're healthy with your blood sugars, it's always going to be at a normal range, right? It's when we get mm -hmm. sick that it goes too high or too low. So one thing I will say is this, that, you know, things that, what influences blood sugar, it's not only the type of foods we're eating, like it's also the type of sleep we're getting if we're stressed, like there are many things that play into it. That's why mm -hmm. it is such a beast to figure out because everyone's like, just cut the carbs. And it's like, eh, it's not going to work. Right. Um, right. So yeah. If you're working on your blood sugar, again, a lot of things usually do improve, like people energetically feel better. What a really big thing I hear is sleep improving. Like it is quite shocking. If you work a week or two on this, by the end of week two, like I sometimes have people in my programs, like weekly do audits for, you know, how they're feeling and their mood and sleep and stuff. And that is something where people will say, I'm now sleeping two hours more. Like it's, it's amazing, you know, the kind of things that happen. But one of the biggest things that I stress, it's balance. So and, and a lot of these, for example, um, and maybe everyone's familiar with this, but The Glucose Goddess, if you have not read her book, it's just amazing stuff. She makes it mm -hmm. super simple. Mm -hmm. But basically, if in our modern world where there's a lot of processed food and there's lots of opportunity to right. you know, have like, mm -hmm. like cake and candy and just like noodles, just like stuff like that. The biggest mm -hmm. things that I kind of throw out there are let's balance it. So number one, if we're going to have a carb like that, no problem. Let's first have a little bit of some fiber. So some veggies and protein, let's do that first. And then we do the sugar. And the reason I say that and sugar, I mean, bread, pasta, anything that's a carbohydrate. The reason being you could have the same amount of carbohydrate. If you have it on its own, it'll be a huge blood sugar curve. If you mm -hmm. have it with these other things first curve like this really flat. Mm -hmm. And so that yeah. means you're then going to have less urges mm -hmm. and cravings coming up. So if you're someone like you're stuck in, let's say you're not on a med and you're stuck in lots of, you know, binging stuff like that first, you know, talk to your doctor, but to break the pattern, we usually want to add, don't subtract. So we want to add in good veggies. We want to add in good protein. It stabilizes the ship. You feel better. And then you can work even more on it. But Balance mm -hmm. is the big thing I talk about. So what I say is let's just not have carbs alone. Let's always have it have a friend. Yeah, good point. Mm, good I point. like that. the way the way it was always explained to me is when you're eating when you're having your carbs with protein, like your and well your your um your blood sugar spikes are gonna be more kind of like this, like it like an EKG machine, just kind yeah, of up and yeah. down, up and down, up and down. And when you eat the carbs alone, it's a huge spike, huge drop, huge yeah. spike, huge drop. And it's just it's traumatic to your body, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. What's interesting is, you know, like there's, and there's always like different studies coming out to prove different things. Right. But a lot of people nowadays are wearing continuous glucose monitors. So they have like a thing on all the time that's, mm -hmm. um, that's being monitored. Now I'm not talking about for patients with diabetes where, you know, it's serving like medication titration, but I'm talking about people that want to know how food's affecting them. Right. And what mm -hmm. we're seeing from, uh, like those type of studies and others is that really the random blood glucose, glucose spikes have more of an effect on our health than if your sugar was always up a little. So when you think, oh, it's oh, like not a big deal, it's Halloween, like whatever, I'm gonna have a bunch of candy. Those type of things actually really matter. So I'm like, we still balance, even when it's a holiday, even when there's yummy food around, you can mm -hmm. still like, even if it's a bite of green beans, it will matter. So I'm about people building up principles that can work in any single scenario. Like I just went on vacation a week to Vegas. We ate out twice a day. I was like, I'm going to be darned if I don't find a, a veggie at every single meal. Right. <laughs> I found them. They were not hard to find, but I had to like think about it. You know, otherwise I would just go to straight noodles, you know? And right. so I think these things can work no matter where we are. I, I really think they can. 
Right. It's all about sort of developing the habit. So it's just second nature. Right. So right. like if I'm going to have the, you know, big piece of bread because I'm at a fabulous Italian place. Well, let me just have a little bit of broccoli first. If that's automatic in your brain, you're just going to do it. You're not even going to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's and that's yeah. more sustainable for people. If it's just a tool already in your toolbox yeah. that you're not having to preload each time, it's sustainable, which is important. Yeah. You can't sustain it. It's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. I've always made the habit if I go to like to a fancy steakhouse, I don't know. It's, it's also more affordable because I'm a cheap person. <laughs> get a salad with like a filet on it. I always get the salad. I like because you're gonna get the broccoli and the potatoes or what, and your big, huge, fatty prime rib. But I always get the salad. Like, yeah, you know, I get the same thing, and I also get vegetables. And yeah, it's cheaper. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I do that. I my husband like, thinks I'm nuts. <laughs> I kind of like the mashed potatoes. Like, it's something about mashed potatoes and a steak. I don't know, but mm -hmm. I'm like you, cat. I get either the sauteed vegetables or I get a salad because my mm -hmm. parents always told me you need some roughage. They were, they were, they were, they were, especially on a vacation. It's ingrained into me. Yeah. That's actually, yeah. that's a pretty good, good habit to have when you're on vacation. We need to find oh, yeah. every Look. time we don't want to have any issues. So, look, yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, oh, yeah. So, Dr. Rentia, <laughs> we can only imagine what was going on in Vegas. So, like, you know, did you carry the Miralax with you, too? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Jermaine, don't throw her under the bus. The, no. the people no, in no, New York no. Post are going to be after her for it's the Miralax. It's a personal practice of mine. Vegetables <laughs> while you're on vacation, or you're going to be in trouble. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot that you're going to be a cause of the uh, laxative um, shortage, too. I'm sorry. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I buy mine at Sam's. They ain't running out, girl. They got plenty. They surely are not. What, well, look, well, no, I went to CVS. They had one Marilax. Oh, boy. One. Do you guys no, find whenever there's a whenever there's a shortage coming? Like remember with the pandemic when like Tylenol kids Tylenol went on shortage. I don't know if any of you guys have hey, no, no, I remember. Yeah. I was panicked. Yeah. Like if my son had, I was like, oh my gosh, thank the Lord we have some at home. But that's like a scary. I mean, like that's like potentially life saving, right? So yeah. yeah, it's like if everyone could just stop stockpiling, we might have a fighting shot at things. Yeah, <laughs> we might. Agreed. Agreed. We might. Yeah. There's always that one, or there's always that one big group of people that are like, hurry up and go get it. You got to go get it right now or it's going to be gone. Right. Um, when they had the Tylenol shortage, I was on the horn too. One of my college friends is a pharmacist and I was like, okay, so, um, I, I don't have children of my own, but at the time I had my niece and nephew quite a lot. And I just always try to keep that stuff on hand. So if something happens, I don't have to be on the horn to their mother. I know what needs to happen. I already have what needs to be had. Right. Yep. And so she was teaching me how to essentially turn adult Tylenol where it is less strong for children so that yeah. they could still have it because there was just none. I couldn't find it anywhere. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. So you just, you, yeah. It, I mean, it's crazy the things that we have to do to be prepared, but I mean, it, it is the same medication. It's just diluted for children. So yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was an interesting time. All those little <laughs> shortages, like toilet paper was the first yeah, big paper. one and then they, they oh, went for all of our medications, oh gosh, yeah. you know, and no paper oh. towels. What am I going to need with these towels anyway? <laughs> <laughs> no I don't, I don't even, right? 
I don't even want to tell you guys the things that we were thinking about doing if we actually ran into, out of toilet paper. I'm like, are we gonna? Are we gonna? I don't know. I don't. It was I don't a know tough to time. Anyway, it was tough. It was, it was hard. Tough it was so we hard. Went through it. <laughs> we made it, right? We're gonna have some really interesting stories to tell when we're in the nursing home. That's for sure. <laughs> oh gosh. So, um, but just getting back to our subject, um, one of the things that we want, we've talked about on the podcast plenty of times, and we have plenty of members in our community that have PCOS and insulin resistance. Um, what sort of, sort of two things do you think people with insulin resistance, maybe over diabetics should concentrate on to try to, or do they look the same? Are they different? Um, like with like different diagnoses? Yeah. I think one of the interesting things is that depending on what your medical history is. So let's just take PCOS, for example, because it's, it's I, I assume we have a lot of women listening. We, you know, we might have men as well, but um, yeah. let's say PCOS, pre-diabetes, things like that. So we have different like body physiologies, right? Because why does one person, let's say at 35 years old, get all that happening and someone else doesn't, right? And maybe they're eating the exact same diet. Maybe they're, they're twins, you know, I don't know, whatever. But the point is we have different types of, um, you know, uh, backgrounds and, one thing that I just want you to know is do not compare to someone else. So I want you to stay in your own lane as far as how foods affect you. How do you feel? I'm going to give you an example from my own life. Like if you know how you just said you like mashed potatoes, if I have mashed potatoes, like I will be asleep in 30 minutes. Like it like drugs. Yeah. Me. <laughs> so it's like turkey on Thanksgiving. <laughs> like for me, I'm someone that, you know, I reverse pre a pre-diabetic history I'm someone that just cannot have a lot of carbs. Like I need to be very conscious how I balance it. Like there needs to be a Greek yogurt with the fruit. And um, like, I just, I can't handle as many for my physiology. So, so tip number one is that it's not about restriction, but you're going to have to get curious with your body, how it responds to different foods. How do you feel like two hours after, do you feel alive and vibrant? You can go do things or are you like, I gotta go take a nap. Like that's not really a great response an hour or two after a meal. So we want to work on that, right? So your, your, you know, how many carbs you have, what types of carbs. So for example, if you're very sensitive, if you're more insulin resistant, like PCOS, things like that, um, starchy carbohydrates might not work well for you, uh, potato, corn, uh, things like that. So you might need to really get in the weeds much more than someone else where they don't need to worry about any of that. So that's number one. And then number two is always going to be that balance, balance, balance. So whatever you are doing, whatever you are capable at that moment of doing, just balance it, start first with the veggies, then do that protein and then do that carb and just see if I do that, even if you still go have the bag of candy, I don't care what you do. You always have permission to go do whatever, right? We want to get out of this like diet culture restrictive brain part, but realize if I'm staying in my own lane, so I'm going to figure out what works for me. I'm not going to be victim about it because I might need something very different than other people. That's yeah. why this like, here's what I ate in a day doesn't work because it's never going to be the same as what's working for someone else's for me. Right. And I love sharing too, like, oh, look at this cool thing I'm doing or, you know, we don't, we all love to share online, right? But it's, I'm not like, go make this, right? It's like, hey, this is something cool, but it might not work. So stay in your own lane and then see, am I really balancing things? And mm -hmm. are there any easy places I can start with that? So for example, um, let's not hit three meals a day if it's really off the rails and you feel poorly. Can we work on an easy breakfast? Can we do something that's low hanging fruit where it's not like all of dinner, kids are affected, husbands affected? Like, how can we do this on a scale that's um, reasonable and manageable? Something that's like just something that's small and achievable to start. Yeah. 
Like I yeah. usually, for, for people that really have significant insulin resistance, the breakfast is usually the first thing I work on. So sweet things were most insulin resistant in the morning. So I have had so many people, I can't even tell you that come in pre-diabetic, by the way, they might be a normal body weight. It actually has nothing to do with weight. So sometimes, you know, yes, weight can can be influenced, but even um, people that quote unquote are conventionally thin, BMI, all of that. And I'll look at, okay, well, what are you eating? Cause I'm trying to figure out, you know, can we reverse this pre-diabetes? Now, sometimes it's genetic. Okay. So I'm not going to say it's all dietary, Mm -hmm. things like that. But I remember one patient, she was having like a big oatmeal with, I don't know, whatever fruit and stuff. And I said, listen, you know, it might be too high a carb load in the morning. Can we switch it to, you know, an egg or can we do half that oatmeal with something else? She Mm -hmm. literally made that one switch. A1C went to normal, like three months later. Oh, wow. Whoa. It's it's often like the little things like that. So, right. It's not everything that you have to change usually. Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm all about like starting with the little stuff first, because it's just yeah. as you, as you achieve the little stuff and then maybe a more, another little stuff, and then maybe a medium step, thing mm-hmm. you sort of just move. It's more sustainable. I'm all about like the sustainability. Cause if you can't sustain it, it's not going to work. It's right. just not. Doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, sort of just continuing with like, just sort of the PCOS side of things and we won't stay on this for too long, but it, it's especially piques my interest just because I deal with it myself. Um, but how does like the sugar control affect the hormone imbalance that you, d- d- does it have an effect on the hormone imbalance that we experience in our bodies when the sugar is so out of control? Right. So, okay, so a lot of the time I want you to think when sugar is out of control, my insulin levels out of control, right? They go hand in mm-hmm. hand usually. So usually there's a ton of insulin around and you're not answering to it. And so the sugar starts to go up some insulin is blocking a hunger hormone called leptin, which is the one that says you're satisfied, you've had enough. So not only are things like insulin and other hunger hormones affected, but also other hormones in your body, right? So if we can start to work on the blood sugar part and have you feeling better there, we are controlling some of those hormones. I'm not saying all of them are going to get into regulation and be better, but Mm -hmm. at least some of them were able to work on. And a lot of people, a lot of the PCOS symptoms that they have, I hear greatly decrease when we're able to do that. Did that answer mm-hmm. kind of like what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. That was perfect. Cause that's, mm-hmm. that's exactly really what's happened with me. So getting my insulin resistance and my blood sugar in control, a lot of my PCOS things have really come into check. A lot of like all my labs look way better. Obviously, all the all the physical signs and symptoms that I was having, like my super abnormal periods and my unexplained weight gain and this and that, all of that came into check very quick, getting the blood sugar and the insulin resistance in yeah. control. The, I want to yeah. talk for a second about the either weight gain or like not being able to lose weight, because this is a really big thing that people struggle with. So you mm-hmm. I'm always going to take these two people. There's the person that like never really had a lot of weight to lose, loses 20 pounds and is online. Like you can just watch the calories and like, you know, they're all like just how simple it is. Right. And then yeah. you've got someone that maybe has more weight to lose or has a complicated picture. So there's like PCOS or something else going on. Mm-hmm. This weight loss is harder than this person. We cannot mm-hmm. compare the two. This is why I'm always like, let's stay in our own lane because the weight loss potentially might be slower. You might need to be doing a hell of a lot more. So this mm-hmm. is why it's just not an even playing field. And um, when people suggest it's such, it just, it's like, oh, we cannot give the same recommendations to everyone. 
Yeah. The analogy I use both for like the medical diagnoses and I also use this for insurance as well, that it's like we're all playing the same game. We're all on the same field, but everybody has a different set of rules because everybody has a different diagnosis with the insurance. Everybody, you know, we won't get to the insurance deal, but everybody has different diagnoses. Everybody yeah. has different things they're dealing with that yeah. that can be counteracting with each other in different ways. Like for instance, I have PCOS and I also have no thyroid. I, I had a whack thyroid for about 10 years and then now I don't have one at all. So that complicates my picture. Right. right. And so my roles look a lot different maybe than cats do and definitely different than Janine's do. Right. Um, um, so like we all have, we're all on the same field with the same ball, but it's not the same. <laughs> a lot of the time it's not obvious. Like I had a new patient come in and we really dug out that there was a, like a quite significant insomnia going on. And it was something that like, wasn't caught on the intake. And I don't remember, I just kept digging. Cause I was like, there has to be something else here. Like, like what, like it just, you know, it's just like not connecting. And so it's like, Oh, so for me, I will work on sleep often before water intake or all these other things. It's like sleep is actually really important. It's your urges and cravings mm -hmm. go up the next day. Hunger hormone levels go up. I mean, we, we could do mm -hmm. a whole talk on that alone, yeah. but it's, it's sitting there and actually figuring out what your rules are. I love that analogy, by the way, I'm not to use that. <laughs> yeah. Use away, use away. Different, different coach. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. That's it's, been it's, I've been um, focusing on. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Go ahead. You're good. That's what I've been focusing on this week. I just rest because last week I thought it was just the um, working out and um, working with the trainer. I was hungry. I was, I felt like I was hungry all the time. And I was like, what, what is this? I'm on a GLP one, but I would hit a, a wall, but um, I've focused a lot more on rest this week and um, wow. What a difference it makes. It's mm -hmm. so uh, it's so much easier to control the appetite, the cravings, because I still get them on it. It's just, I hit a wall a lot sooner. Um, but it's yeah. that rest is that's, I, I would say that's probably baseline. Yeah. Um, well, and, and for you, what, like dual thing too. race, race, rest. <laughs> you want yeah, like for you, you, for you dual fold too. Cause it's like, you're like working your butt off every day. Like she's the gal that's like at the gym every day. She's yeah. doing something, yeah. whether it's cycling, I'm lifting not. weights, whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like rest is even more important for you because those muscles need time, need your body needs to repair itself from all that, you know? Exactly. And, and, yeah. So it's, it's interesting. It's question to you, where do you put rest? Is like, is that like, Oh, rest how important versus so I kind of, there's like three pillars when I think about things. Now, uh, this is simplified. I'm going to get into more of this in my blood sugar mastermind. Like I used to think about five main things. Now I'm like, it's really three. It's what you're eating. It's when you're eating and it's your stress level. So everything fits mm. into that. So like your stress level is sleep. Your stress level is what's happening at work, right? If we don't have like that one third of the equation worked out, everything else falls apart. You don't have the bandwidth to deal with an urgent craving, right? Um, and if you're not eating the right things, we can't, sort of stress level and like, like thought work our way out of it. Like it's not going to happen if your physiology, meaning what you're sticking in is not working. So it's like, what do you eat, how you eat it, when you eat it and stress, like those are like usually three pretty big things that need to be worked through. Got it. Okay. How, how, how strong does stress affect like your, like, I don't know if, I don't know whether to say blood sugar spikes or how, how hard or how significant does does stress affect your blood sugar? I mean, I want to give you an example. So if you're stressed out a lot, you're going to have more cortisol in your body, right? So cortisol mm -hmm. has like long been toted as like, you're going to have like 
a fat abdomen if you have cortisol up. Remember, do you guys yeah. remember the ads back in the day? That's like all you yeah. ever saw, right? Okay. Yes. But the point is yeah. there are hormones in our body that are called stress hormones that are supposed to be secreted, like growth hormone, cortisol, things like that. What's stress yeah. about it? We want bones and, and muscles to grow and things, right? Like this is normal. This is what makes us feel vital. Like if men don't have enough testosterone, they feel bad, right? Okay, so all yeah. of these things. So if you're stressed all the time, like some stress is normal. We're supposed to get stressed at times, have that, um, uh, like, uh, so we have something called parasympathetic and sympathetic. So we have a part of our body that's fight or flight, and then we're supposed to rest and digest, right? If you are fight or flight all day long, that is not normal. It is not healthy. It leads to burnout. It leads to depression. So that's, a, and that's individual for everyone. Cause I love to work, right? Like I actually get energized by mm -hmm. it, but then there's this line when it's like, it's too much, right? So I have to know what that is. Everyone's is different, but if you're constantly sitting there and piping out extra all the time, your body's having to run a marathon and it just, it ends up with the blood sugars going up. So it's not the normal, you know, three, four o'clock in the morning, these things getting secreted. That's why right. sometimes people wake up with higher sugar and they're like, what the hell? I went to sleep with it low and I right. even ate a snack. You know what I mean? Like none of it makes sense Yeah, and it's mm -hmm. because we've got hormones that are doing their own thing in the body. So it's usually a little bit more complicated. Right. So I was actually told by, so my husband is a type two diabetic. He got diagnosed late, much later in life. I, um, I want to say it was like 32 when he was diagnosed. My husband is prior service. He's a veteran. Um, I had a doctor sort of explain to me about cortisol and like when your body is sort of dumping that cortisol, it's almost, is it true that it just sort of is that cortisol is just sort of dumping into sugar in your body. Is that how that works? I mean, I, I don't think it's that simple, but basically I think the analogy holds that if you're sitting there stressed out all day long, it's going to convert over to a problem. Right. So again, you're not able to process things as well. Right. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I've done a lot of work actually within the VA, the, within the military area and the level of PTSD and trauma and all these things. And then also like exposures, right? Like there's more going on there, but, um, yeah we've got to process those things. So figuring out how to regulate our nervous system, it's a beast. I'm, I'm not an expert. I bring in people into my programs to help with different aspects because there's like a million ways to do it. But if you look up like nervous system regulation, there are a bunch of really great people online. Um, and there's a bunch of ways to do it. I mean, it can be as simple as just like, like holding your hand like this, right? Like having that physical connection with your body, breathing. Um, there are many ways, but like we, we've got to calm down our world nowadays not to sound dramatic, but there's so much stress involved. Like, I don't know anyone that has a life that's just like, I'm stress-free. <laughs> like, raise your yeah. hand. You. Not at all. Not at all. Not here. Not here. Yeah. Not at all. No. I think everybody just has like their own, their own stresses, right? Everybody. And, and some things that might stress out one person might not stress out somebody else, right? Yeah. Some people are su super sweat, the small stuff. Some people are like, well, unless it's huge, it's, it's just over there. Right. Right? That resiliency factor is huge. Your ability to kind of be able to bounce back and to navigate through things. Yeah. I heard a long time ago from a professional too, that, you know, back a long time ago, maybe when we were cavemen or even, even, even sooner than that, when you yeah, were, right. you know, out literally, yeah. When you were out literally sort of, okay, you were in fight or flight, but then you were like burning that off by, or, or coming down from that. There's no coming down from that anymore, right? It's so right like, we're in the car, <laughs> we're in the car and somebody ticks us off. There's no coming down from that. I'm not going to run a marathon to burn that off, right? My body's just gonna have to deal with it. And we, like so this was actually a huge thing for me when I was working through with, with starting to lose weight, 
figuring out how to work through those periods. Like for example, us talking on here, right? I'm going to be a little bit, I call it jacked up. I'm going to be a little bit jacked up for like an hour or two. I cannot go right to bed. Okay. So number one, that can't happen. Right. I'm going to walk earlier today because I'm like, I've got to like pre be lower if that makes sense. So Mm -hmm. I've had to like really work with myself. Otherwise food was always the answer for how to unwind to sort of like call me down Mm -hmm. if you would. And so how do we find other ways? And it just looks different for everybody. What's going to work. Yeah, that makes total sense. It's, it's, and it's, it's, um, it's probably some trial and error, you know, figuring out, okay, that one didn't work. We're not going to try that one again. Let's move to the next, you know, let's move to the next stage, move to the next thing. Right. Yeah. Um, so I know that you're super passionate about helping people. We did talk about your program earlier. I'd love to hear more of your perspective on sort of your class and, you know, how it's helping people maybe share some examples if you can. Um, but we'd love to hear more about that. First of all, thanks for having me on and letting me talk about this. I, so, okay. So the reason I make these programs, I gear them very much so to people that are on the medications, because I feel like it's an area where we're not helped enough. Like, I don't think there's enough education out there. So, um, so each, it's a six week program. Each week I do a masterclass on Monday. These are live. So people are there, they can ask questions, you know, things like that. And then each week I bring on a guest expert. So usually they're physicians. There's one non-physician that's coming into this next group. But I hit a lot of the areas that affect blood sugar that people don't traditionally think of. So this is not like, oh, we're going to eat less carbs. And like here, you know, it's like, okay, everyone's heard that. We know that. But we're going to talk about a lot about bowel management. So constipation, you know how everyone can't figure it out. I have two sisters that do a lot in this area. I have one that she's a colorectal surgeon and she actually only helps people with this. So she is um, like, I've heard her talk before and I was like, you have got to come in and teach this. So she's going to come in and I have another sister that does a lot of functional medicine. So we're going to do the sort of what are all the, um, you know, people always talk about magnesium and supplements and things like that. We're going to do yin and yang. So we're going to do that. I brought in a lot on um, perimenopause and menopause because that is a huge impact on our weight and blood sugar. Um, I'm bringing in an endocrinologist because we all, we all kind of um, tiptoe around. How do we talk to family about if like our kid has a weight challenge, right? She is amazing at these conversations. So this Mm -hmm. course goes beyond just like learning how to apply this stuff. Yes. Weekly, there's going to be concepts. You can go apply it. Um, I want you for life to know something when you leave. Like, I don't want it just to be like, you're passively participating. It's very like, go this week and try this. So lots of experts, really great interactive. We have a a members only Facebook group uh, where people can Mm -hmm. ask questions. And then we have a members only podcast. So the replays, not only you get the video, but we also put up on the podcast. So a lot of people just, mm-hmm. you know, listen in days to come. Mm-hmm. And then I often each week do like another private one for questions that people have asked, because that's the whole point of doing this live. And that's not just like a program that you, that you get. So anyway, I'm super excited about it. And if anyone, so I love exciting. this. Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that we've done with this podcast is that we have a code so that not only you can get a little off, but then we also give a little bit back to the podcast to help support so that I know there's a lot of cost and time and everything that goes into this. So if anyone signs up with that link, yeah, you're supporting the podcast. Yay. Thank you so much for doing that for us. We really appreciate it. But yes, definitely check out. We're going to have all the information down in the bottom bar so you guys can check out uh, Dr. Antia's class. And it sounds like it's super like it, it sounds like something that's just constantly evolving, right? Like you're yes. bringing in like new experts all the time, new concepts yeah, all the time. Like, so it's 
we've never redone the same thing. And last time it was different. It was the metabolic and mindset mastering. It was different concepts. This time it's a different vibe. The other thing, it takes so much work to put these together. I don't know that we're going to do another one next year. So if you're, if you're debating, <laughs> this is the time because I'm like, it's, it's like been like six months. To we're not come back. Yeah. Everyone in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely, definitely, definitely check it. I, I honestly, I'm, I mean, I feel like my things are very in check and I'm, I'm very intrigued. I think I want to check it out for sure. Yeah. And see, yeah. I, I, I just, the more, for me, it's like the more experts, the better. Like my husband always picks on me and he's like, you have so many specialists. Like, do you even have a regular doctor? Do you even ever see a regular? And the answer is yes, I do. And I love him. He's fabulous. But yes, I, I do have a specialist. You know the other thing? <laughs> Like we have really nice people as part of the community. Like, I, I don't know that you're going to find a nicer community because we have a lot that did the first, I call it the first round, but like that did the one however many months ago that are coming back now. We just, it's really supportive. And I think people like that, right? Like how many spaces can you come into where it's just warm, it's inviting. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think that we really mm -hmm. offer that as well. I'm, I'm very cautious of that kind of how we do that. Yeah, I think, I think it plays into a lot though. Like there are so many people that were, in the diabetic and the obese space that there was just nowhere, there was nowhere that they were acceptable, right? Because they weren't normal or we weren't, I shouldn't say they, I was too. Mm -hmm. We weren't normal, right? Yeah. We weren't like, we didn't look like everybody else. And so it was hard to find a, find that space. And now we have it. We've all sort of come together mm -hmm. in one common space to sort of go, yeah, I'm normal. And we're, we're sort of all a little bit the same. And, and we've sort of all been through some of the same types of experiences and even some of us some trauma and um it's it's easy to relate right and especially in this space it's very yeah. easy to relate for sure yeah. yeah yeah do you guys have any other questions for dr antia there was one question i saw on our our, our list and i'm i just i'm really curious really curious go for it um, girl why why are some patients prescribed glp1 and metformin together Mm -hmm. good one it's a style thing so there's nothing i don't think we have good studies that sh we do not to my knowledge to my <laughs> knowledge right we i don't think that we have a study that shows okay with metformin and without metformin but metformin has been sort of holy grail with treating insulin resistance for decades right um if you look back there was a study i forget the year a long time ago diabetes prevention trial it was a, a large group they studied them for a really long period of time and they showed that not only lifestyle but then they also looked at metformin so there's been a lot of study for a long time it was sort of the standard of care and then the other really amazing thing with metformin is that it cannot physiologically cause a low. So the way it's working, mm -hmm. you, you don't risk lows on it. So it's not a concern if you keep it around for someone because you're not risking them going hypoglycemic, meaning getting a low blood sugar. Many of the other ones, you're going to have to be very cautious when you're working with a patient with diabetes that you're getting rid of those things as they're losing weight. Mm -hmm. Metformin mm -hmm. is not one of those. We can have you have a normal blood sugar, go on metformin and be just fine. Really? I noticed. Uh, so I was on metformin first. I had been, I've been on metformin for almost eight years now and it never did anything to regulate my PCOS. I never, never, not one single thing. None of my labs changed the entire time I was on it. Um, I stayed on it though. I kept, kept, you know, we played with the dose. We did this, we did that. Then I went on the GLP and after a while, you know, my tests started coming back very regular and, you know, I was still having like the stomach upset and stuff from the metformin. 
my doctor's like, all right, well, like, let's just kick it. You're on Manjaro. You're on Manjaro. You, you don't maybe need it. So let's just kick it. And I noticed a really hard stall and I tried oh. everything and I talked to my doctor and he said, well, let's try the metformin again, just for a little while. Let's see how it goes. And my stall broke. Like wh what's this, is, oh. what, what would be the explanation that was the science in that? Because you're helping more with the insulin resistance, right? So again, it's all getting to insulin. I mean, I'm greatly simplifying, but it's all getting to insulin resistance. What's funny, mm -hmm. you know, how you talked about how they, how it got added back. I, I don't start out people initially with metformin, like we're going to start out with the top gun, right? Like we're going to do a GLP-1, but I will sometimes add metformin or the natural equivalent berberine. So there is a time when often, I mean, it depends where you're starting, right? Like if your BMI is 40 plus, or maybe you're, you know, very insulin resistant, like some people just have a harder time losing weight. So when we're just like, mm. everyone's going to lose X amount, you know, one every week, that's, that's not everyone's that's not trajectory, true. right? right. So yeah. I will then sometimes add that on and it does like kind of give them that ex next little thing that they need. It's just sort of the extra boost, I guess, with it. Right. Yeah. So that the, 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 so the trouble well. there was, there was no GLP one when I started metformin. No, I'm telling you, like, it was a, it's the standard of care. And by the way, like the other reason we, you might get rid of it with a GLP one, remember metformin can have a lot of GI side effects, diarrhea, mm -hmm. nausea, all that kind of stuff. Yes. <laughs> GLP one, we're like, Oh, right. So we just want to make sure you're doing okay. Like, so yeah, right. Yeah. That is exactly. so interesting that you say that. And yeah. I just had one question because they were like, Janine, you have got to do the, you know, type two questions. And I, you know, find that. And we talked about sometimes, like, I feel like my glucose goes down and the ladies have seen when I'm a little loop de loop and I'm like, I got to get off of here because I'm really trying to focus. But there are so many that have that have type two diabetes that are on GLP one medications and they're not on insulin. So my question is, why are GLP ones so important in diabetic treatment as opposed to the well, it's not insulin you know, argument, you know, uh, I, I mean, no one has said that to me, but I have seen that where many people are like, you know, you don't need a GLP one to live. And well, it isn't insulin. And it's like, okay, well, you're speaking on someone else's comorbidity. Yeah. And I, think, I don't I mean, think I see doctor behind you. I think what they're talking about is just like the fact <laughs> that there are a lot of options to treat diabetic conditions and maybe with weight management, there's not, but okay, this this is like, could be a whole nother talk, but basically mm -hmm. when you're on insulin, you put on weight, right? Because it's, it's yes. very weight promoting. I mean the weight. So it's this vicious cycle, right? Because weight is making you yeah. more insulin resistant. You take insulin and, and it's like round and round and round. And you're, there's like no hope in sight. Right. I just remember this. Like, it was just so hard. The hamster wheel never stops. Exactly. And so when we're able to use a GLP one, we're able to stop that, right? Like we're able to get the blood sugar to come down plus the weight to come down. Like we're able to break the cycle, which is a really hard thing. Gotcha. That's and like one of the big things I think of. I mean, there's many others that we can go into, but. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's the blood sugars and the weight, because I remember my primary care physician had said that she said, Janine, I think she wrote down Ozempic. We go V and Manjaro on a sticky note. And she said, I think that Manjaro will do, will be the best medication for you. She said, because I think we can, you know, get a twofer. We can get that A1C under control and we can get the weight under control. 
And I had never heard of it. I was just like, okay. I mean, you know, at that point, I was just like, I don't have anything else to lose, you know? Right, right. It's It's like throw that. Oh, go ahead. That's okay. Go ahead. With blood sugar, what what was so challenging before we had GLP-1s when I would be working with patients, they were so hungry when they were trying to lose weight if they had type 2 diabetes mm-hmm. and more so than anything else, right? That's kind of why the book with, with Dr. Fung took off so much because he really, he was a nephrologist, meaning a kidney doctor. And he was saying, why are my diabetic patients not able to lose weight? And that was his whole thing. And that's what led him to look at insulin and all the things, but it's mm-hmm. this hunger that's there, right? Like, of course, you're not going to lose weight if you're hungry. It's like a very hard thing. Yeah. 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 They yeah. quite the GLP was a game changer, like for my husband being type mm-hmm. two, because him being on the insulin, it was just making his body just hold weight and there was no losing it. You know, there was no amount of exercise or small amount of food he could eat that would have made him lose the weight. And again, it was just, it's, you analogize it perfectly. It's just a vicious cycle that you give yourself the insulin, you gain more weight, you need more insulin. It just keeps mm-hmm. going. Yeah. So yeah, the GLP definitely is a big game changer for the diabetics. Cause as soon as he came off the insulin, he started losing weight like crazy, like to the point where I was like, you need to eat. <laughs> like, you need to eat a little bit. Now, Janine, yeah. were you ever were you ever on insulin before you went on a GLP? Because you were. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, my doctor uh, and I, when I was first diagnosed in 2016, she mm-hmm. we tried, we treated it conservatively. So mm-hmm. it worked until it didn't work. You know, anymore. And it's just like, I'm pretty sure any metabolic disorder, you know, like the metformin will work until it doesn't work anymore. And that's what I was doing last year. And the weight was just a byproduct of, Mm -hmm. of having the, you know, the diabetes that needed to be under control. And my, I was going to hit workouts and my A1C was coming down a little bit but Mm -hmm. the weight was still there and no one could you know I I would talk to the trainers and they were like oh well we'll do this and I'm not shaming them and I appreciated it but it was a deeper issue there Mm -hmm. and like in and in a way I didn't want to admit that I had type 2 diabetes Mm -hmm. and I know that may sound crazy but but I didn't want to admit it. And yeah. um, I was like, okay. And I said, it, you know, with the, with what I eat and working out that worked and it still does, but I just needed a little extra help. Yeah. 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 I think the blood chemistry part of it has been skipped for so long. Mm-hmm. And like, in my eyes, like, I think these GOPs are like sort of the key that's unlocked the door. Because the blood chemistry part, there was just a wall there. Like people were just, I need to eat less. I need to move my body to the extreme of like, I'm insanely exhausted Mm -hmm. to be able to figure this out, to be able to get my body to be normal. And so the GLPs really have just been the key that just sort of opened that little door for people to, oh, no, it's not supposed to be that hard. It's something that's wrong inside of me that I can't fix by eating less and killing myself at the gym, right? Yeah. I struggled with that for so long. I felt so guilty. Like I, I, I struggled with like the moral dilemma of it for a very long time. Like what I am I doing wrong? I thought I had to work out more mm-hmm. and I'm learning now and Dr. Rentia and it's like, 
It now, also causes stress. Too much working yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, but I mean, but no stress. Now, but now I see why my doctor said back in March or April, Janine, the only exercise you need to do is walking or cycling. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand it at first. I'm thinking, what? I mean, like, I didn't yeah, say anything, but yeah. but but I left the appointment truly baffled. And mm-hmm. I said, hmm, I wonder why that is. I mean, like, you know, in, in my mind, I felt like I wasn't working hard enough, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Do you know that- That's kind of a traditional concept, too. Like, that's just old world, <laughs> the, the mm-hmm. way that we used to things yeah right like there's genet- i don't do this testing but um but there's a colleague of mine that does a lot in the fitness space with people and mm-hmm. do you know that there's genetic testing that you can get done and you can figure out like some people that think they have to work out super hard in the gym and based on their genetics it's actually the wrong thing for them so you, they need to peel it back now maybe mm-hmm. you can feel this intuitively but it's fascinating she does these tests with people she can figure out what they actually need and then their body composition goes amazing through the roof so it's like it's wow. i think the landscape is going to be very different Ooh. in the coming years like so a lot of what people are talking about like you might have done things where you felt horrible and then you mm-hmm. you eased it up a bit or you did less strength training and you you know whatever and suddenly you're like i feel so much better i'm getting all these results because more is not always better based on your type of body yeah. like some people right. the intervals are amazing but not everybody Oh. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And I've, I've, I learned too that like, cause I tried that. I tried the trainer, go kill myself at the gym to try to sort of mm-hmm. make it better. If I could just do more, it would make it better. And yeah. then what I learned was because of my PCOS, I was stressing my body out <laughs> by doing mm-hmm. all that. Right. It was yeah. too much stress. And we like, we touched on the cortisol. It was raising my cortisol too much. I was doing way too much. It's, it's more important to concentrate on the more controlled, not necessarily easier, but, you know, not the super, super challenging workouts. Do, do, do something that's challenging your body just enough rather than way, way, way too much. Yeah. Yep. So it's, it's all a learning curve, right? We're all just, I think we're all just out here learning. We're all, I I think it's so cool. We touched on the community aspect of it. We're all learning from each other. I think um, Dr. and T made a fabulous point about just not sort of comparing, but also just sort of, you know, um, I think it's important just to sort of connect with people that have maybe some of the same experiences and stuff as well to just, just to sort of learn off each other, always run it by your doctor, but just, you know, sort of learn off each other's experiences. That's been super transformative for me. For me at least. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Dr. Antia, it's been amazing having you here. We're always so excited to have you on the podcast. I've learned a whole lot. I don't know about you girls, but I've learned a lot tonight more than than I thought I would. <laughs> That's for sure. I think I want to take um, your class. Yeah. For sure. I think we should all do it together. I'd love to do that. I want I think I want to do it. I definitely love do. to have you guys. Yeah. So it, is it like it's it's like is is it set up sort of everybody meets together like all at the same time? Yeah. Do you, you sort people of get to know each other? So every Monday I do the live me doing it, and then the the other calls are done at different times, but everything, the calls, the titles, all of it is listed on the information page when you click on it, so you can look mm-hmm. through all of it. Um, but then also the Facebook groups all together. So. I, I got to know so many of the people in my group. Some of them would do like one-off coaching sessions with me later. And it was so nice to meet them. I'm like, I remember you from every call. Like we're, we're a tight community. Like you'll see, it's not like you get to know who's there. 
Yeah. So mm -hmm. then after after you do these meetings every week, everything then is still in some, in the platform for them to sort of yeah. go back use, kind of a la carte as well. Yeah, we use a website called Kajabi. And so the course recordings are up there. And again, you can subscribe to the podcast. A lot of people use Kajabi for a lot of things, but yeah. everything's up. All the replays are up through the end of December. So you've got months like people tell me they need to like re-listen a few times to these talks because there's so much in it. <laughs> so yeah. instead of being like, oh, you know, a month up, I'm just leaving it up for months um, the reason I don't do unlimited, I never know if the website's going to come down or not. So it's, I don't do things where it's like for life, you know, cause I don't um, know that the website will be up for life. Right. Got Understood. Yeah. One of the things that I hear the most as an obesity medicine physician is that someone will say, my friend was able to lose four times as much weight as me and they've done hardly anything. What gives? If you're new to me, I'm Dr. Antia, I'm an obesity medicine board certified physician, and this is what I help people with all day long. Now, a lot of what this gets down to, if you're someone that you are hungry often, you have a really hard time losing weight compared to other people, and you know if, if that's you, hands up, right? Uh, maybe you have lots of urges and cravings all the time, so you want specific foods, like at night you want um, sugary things, you want chips, things like that. Maybe your sleep suffers, you have lots of joint aches and pains, um, kind of sometimes you don't think as clearly. A lot of this can come back to what your blood sugar is doing, which is directly related to something in medicine that we call insulin resistance. So where you're going to see this a lot is if you've been diagnosed with prediabetes or diabetes, or if you have conditions such as PCOS, but honestly, a lot of this can be just if your weight has been up for a prolonged period of time. So you maybe for decades have been at this. I've created a course that specifically is going to help with easy proven techniques to help manage this. Now, a lot of the time when people think that this is a struggle, they might've heard things like cut all the carbs out, things like that. I'm here to tell you that's not necessarily the answer. It's a lot more nuanced than that, but there are some easy basic principles. If you want to take part in this six week course, it's going to start on Monday, October 2nd. That's the first day that we are going to get going, but, but Sunday, October 1st, we're going to do the orientation call. This is a program where it is live. So you come on the calls. We kind of do it like Brady Bunch style. So you can see everyone that's on. I teach a, a class every Monday. There's six different topics that we're going to go over. And then I bring on a bunch of amazing guest expert physicians that are going to talk about a range of topics, such as different endocrinology topics, things that affect us, women's health, what is exactly going on with, uh, with perimenopause or menopause. You know, how do things actually change? I've heard from all of you, I know this on a day-to-day -day basis, I hear from patients that maybe after you had a hysterectomy, maybe after you went through menopause, suddenly you notice that same things don't work for you anymore. I know, I hear you, there are strategies that can lead this to reverse. The other thing is, it doesn't need to be hell on earth. You don't need to lose all your weight for, for blood sugar to improve. You can actually legitimately feel better with a few techniques. So if you're interested in that, we'll have the link down below if you want to check that out. If you have questions, leave it down below. I'm excited. I'm ready to, I'm going to sign up when we get off here. I'm going to so, do that. That's my commitment yeah. to myself. That's my big thing. That's like, Me literally too. I'm learning to like commit I things to, to myself. I used it. to, I used to always like commit to other people like, Oh, I promise you I'm going to do that thing. Oh, I promise you. I promise myself now. Like that's important. Okay. We got to do that. We got to take care of us. So we'll have it down in the bottom bar. We'll have Dr. Antia is nice enough to give us a coupon code for you guys to save money. She's going to give back to the podcast, which is amazing. Thank you again for that. Thank for supporting you. Us. Um, if you haven't, check out Dr. Dr. Antia, your podcast. It's available. Is it available to the public as well or oh, just in the class? 
Yep. If awesome. You, if you search awesome. the obesity guide, you'll find it. Awesome. Perfect. We'll put that down in the bottom bar to check it out as well. I hope everybody has a great day. Thanks for joining us. I hope everybody has Thank a great you. one. Great. See you guys. Bye. Bye-bye, guys. It's time to take control of the food noise, shed those cravings, and embrace a life of transformed health. And bold, empowering you with the knowledge and support you need to achieve the lasting results you deserve. Are you ready to experience the end bold difference? Evidence-based care from doctors who listen. That's where Embold came in to, uh, once I lost the weight and felt empowered, I, I understood what was possible at that point. And uh, from then on, it was just an instant passion of like, okay, my sole purpose in life at this point is to figure out how do I help other people do the same thing? Take control of your biology today and start your journey toward a healthier, happier you. Visit Enbold.com to embark on your transformational journey with Enbold. Enbold, where real change begins. Say goodbye to restrictive weight loss methods and hello to Iveam, the number one prescriber of GLP-1 medications. GLP-1s curb cravings, stabilize blood sugar, increase energy, and balance A1C levels to regulate your body and kickstart your weight loss journey. iBeam is committed to making medical weight loss accessible, affordable, and customized because we believe that's how it should be. Sign up for free and get 20% off our accessible.